We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends at the Blue Wire Network and also our friends at Game Time. Game Time, we love you. We got you again this week. Let's go. As not always, I will be your host today. My name is Dan Sanio. Nathan is uh, is on a little bit of a leave. I'm sure we'll we'll find out why uh, in due time. So I will be leading us today, and today it's going to be uh, a, a little throwback for us to my my prime on Twitter, and we're going to do a little bit of the Dynasty Weekly Recap, and, and we're going to hit week one. We're going top to bottom. Uh, you know, I used to do it either by team in alphabetical order or by matchups. We'd go into each game and look at how the game broke down and, and do all of those things, but today we're going to go... Division by division, it, it'll alternate AFC, NFC, AFC, NFC all the way through, and we'll we'll cover as much as we can. I'll try to keep it as short and sweet because I know how old it gets to listen to just one person uh, for, for way too long, and I'm already rambling, so we'll get into it. But before we do, I, I did want to mention, because we do get questions sometimes about start sits, basic you know roster type things, and... Rotoviz has another another option for that. If you're if you're available to get to it, uh, Thursdays before the Thursday night game, our friends Dave and Curtis do the Start Sit Show. It's a live stream that takes place uh, on on the YouTube channel. So make sure that if you have those questions and you're curious to to find out, or if you want to go listen to those guys for a little bit and, and hear what they have to say. It's always good to get different perspective, but make sure you join Dave and Curtis on Thursdays just before kick on uh, on the Thursday Night Football, and those guys will be answering as many start-sit questions as they can get to on the start-sit show. So with that, we'll hop in. We are going to start in the East divisions. We'll start with the AFC East. Uh, I felt that was necessary mostly because of the Aaron Rodgers news. Uh, obviously unfortunate. It was very clearly an Achilles, and I would assume if we haven't already gotten confirmation, which I believe that we have, 
it was it was very very obvious that 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 was the case. So uh, we will start with the Jets. It's out of order for this, but again, the big news for everything was in fact the Aaron Rodgers injury, and he didn't really have much dynasty value as it was. He was absolutely a redraft asset, but most people had him as a top six, eight, ten quarterback in that redraft setting which gave him a little bit of dynasty value just in the sense that he's scoring points for you. So this definitely uh, is probably, well, I, I don't want to say definitely, but it's more than likely the, the end of, of Rodgers. Um, I can't imagine at that age an Achilles is going to be super easy to come back from, but modern medicine has, has proved us wrong before. So uh, for whatever dynasty value he did have, it is all but gone. And now the Jets have to turn to Zach Wilson or make a trade for one of the uh, you know more premier backups in the league if there is such a thing. Maybe maybe we see them you know make a make a move for someone you know I don't, I don't want to say like Jimmy Garoppolo but maybe it's it's somebody like a, a Malik Willis or maybe they see if Tennessee is willing to part with with Ryan Tannehill right now just because that team is atrocious. So it, it's it's a tough spot for the quarterback position there. Um, but it, and unfortunately, it's going to end up affecting most of the weapons as well. And it's very clear that Brees has not missed a step, obviously being out, coming back. The Jets bring in Dalvin Cook, who is going to get a piece of that offense. But Brees is very much RB1 there. Uh, I was a little bit concerned with the timeline, but he is RB1, and it is not close. He's RB one overall. I, I I don't even care to try to hide that anymore. That he's he is that guy. Uh, that is his team. That is his offense. He will score at will. This situation to me screams uh, young Adrian Peterson and Chester Taylor of of that you know mid the late two thousands era. Uh, both guys produced. Both guys were great. One was very clearly better than the other. However, because of contracts, because of situation, it made sense. Brees is going to do whatever he wants on the football field. That seems obvious. So uh, if there's any shadow of a doubt there and and there's still an opportunity to buy for anything less than valued as a top two dynasty running back, that's free money as far as I'm concerned. And looking into the pass catchers, Garrett Wilson's really all I'm looking for. Uh, as far as future value goes, obviously that that game they they end up pulling up the game, but um, there's not there's not a ton there that I'm interested in outside of of Garrett Wilson, who will remain a a top dynasty wide receiver. He isn't going to surpass the likes of Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, um, AJ Brown, and any of those guys. He's not going to get he's not going to leapfrog those guys this year, especially with no Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but it's in the cards for future. Moving on, we'll go to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, Josh Allen had a tough one, but he's going to be fine. We know he's going to be fine. That rushing floor is so high, and we know what he can do with his arm. It's just whether or not the offense is, is working together. Uh, obviously, playing in this division, you, you end up finding yourself in a lot of tough weather situations, but they've done it time and time again. Stefan Diggs, as big of an idiot as he may be, he he's just going to continue to do wide receiver one things um he's he's arguably that the best veteran guy in the league outside of Tyreek Hill I'd put him ahead of of Devontae Adams he's significantly ahead of guys like Cooper Cup 
Um, Diggs is just the, he's just that guy, and it's it's going to be fun to continue to watch. Um, you know, his price still may be a touch inflated because of who he's linked to, but at that age, it's it's tough to buy for that kind of a price. It's one of those things where you kind of needed to just hang on to him and not not move him once he went to Buffalo. So if you can get him for a reasonable price, uh, obviously I'm buying if you're on a contender. If you're not on a contender or if you have him and you're, the rest of your team is terrible but you have Stefan Diggs, I would try to move him uh, and maybe a, another piece for someone like we just mentioned, Garrett Wilson, who's now going to probably have a not great season because of Zach Wilson. Um, but looking at moving somebody like Stefan Diggs for a younger wide receiver in a non-competing uh, situation is is probably your best option. And then looking a little bit uh, further down the line past the wide receivers into the tight end room, I think both guys are going to be relevant. I think Dawson Knox comes back and and he's he's just going to get the split shares with Dalton Kincaid. And I think Kincaid is, is probably going to be the one that leads the way overall. But I do think both can be relevant. Gabe Davis is a flash in the pan type of guy. Uh, he, he's a best ball asset at best. James Cook is going to be a factor out of the backfield. And uh, as a pass catcher, not as between the tackles runner, he, he's not he's not his brother Dalvin, but he is definitely a, a strong pass catcher. So I think I think as long as your expectations for James are that he is purely a, a PPR pass catching asset and you're not ever going to have that like bell cow 25 carries for 150 and two I, I think you'll you'll be pleased he's not going to be that guy he isn't that guy between the tackles but he does provide that in space out of the backfield as a pass catcher so the the bills are interesting as always they're going to be inflated because of josh allen moving to the dolphins uh tua returns to mvp form uh, been saying it all off season if he's healthy he's this and he does it again Tyreek Hill looks like an absolute monster. Waddle was a little bit quiet, but you're going to have those games when you have those two alpha dogs like that. The defense has to try to take away one of them, and Tyreek did whatever Tyreek wanted to. The backfield is is a disgusting mess. It's a full of void for me. Uh, there's probably going to be some points here and there to have, but no real dynasty value. Uh, I think unless they find a way to add Jonathan Taylor, that's not going to change. None of those guys are, are, you know, going to transcend that offense any more than what Tua is going to do with those wide receivers. And then Durham Smythe, I, I think, was somebody that I added a whole bunch a few years ago when he came into the league. Just uh, just in case, you know, uh, Mike Gusecki fell through and he might be in line for a, a decent number of targets. I mean, you do have Braxton Berrios who, who looks like he's going to, maybe have a, a little bit bigger uh, a little bit bigger part in that offense river craycraft crawcraft I, I don't even know how to say that dude's name but those guys aren't anything special so if they if they really want to implement tight end durham's probably going to be that guy uh yeah i i, I think i think it he could have a chance at i, I don't see like a tight end one season but i think if you just kind of like to fly by the seat of your pants for for tight end he he can be somebody that can just kind of backfill for you so again the dolphins are going to be fun to a to is him patriots 
Mac Jones may in fact be for real. Uh, maybe it's just an extra year in the system or um, they finally figured out a way to, to make let Mac cook. He looked pretty darn good, all things considered. And they, the media all, well, Jalen Hurts had to deal with all the weather. That's why he didn't play good. Well, explain how Mac figured it out. He had to deal with the same weather and no weapons. They had running backs, but the rest of the team is terrible. So I, I think I think Mac Jones can be a, a solid QB too. Honestly, if this stays up and he has this kind of confidence and he can do something on put up numbers uh, where we're we're looking at throwing for you know two seventy five plus, finding the end zone, not turning the ball over, he's he's going to be just fine. And I think Ramondre Stevenson also is going to be fine. I know the addition of Ezekiel Elliott is a little bit scary for the potential of, of some vulturing, but. I think Ramondre is still an an RB one in the league. I, I think he's very clearly the best back there. I think he brings the pass catching element, and he's I mean he's definitely better than Zeke between the tackles. Zeke is just going to be the vulture, and that's the unfortunate part is we're going to lose that some of that touchdown upside in Ramondre. But for long term, and normally we don't buy running backs for long term, but if you're looking past this year and you're still looking to add someone a little bit younger, Ramondre is a good option because even if he doesn't get a ton of points now, he will in the future, especially when Zeke's gone. And the wide receiver room is just kind of a hodgepodge of of nothingness, if you will. I mean, these guys are, they're all scoring points, but how do we, I think, I think what ended up happening here is, is Bill has effectively turned what he used to do with running backs into what he is currently going to do with wide receivers. Kendrick Bourne is somebody who's probably flown up and down rosters all over the last couple of years. You added and dropped and added and dropped. Uh, he's probably somebody that should just be staying on rosters. I think, I think he's proven that at this stage. Uh, Hunter Henry is, is probably going to be that low end to, you know, maybe like tight end eight ish type guy. I was hopeful for Mike Gusecki to do more, but unless they re-implement that full tight end, two tight end system, I, I don't think we ever get that. Uh, Juju was a little bit disappointing, but second on the team in targets with seven, tied with Demario Douglas and Zeke. Uh, the number for Zeke was really surprising to me, but the output was not. Five for 14, uh, that's very Zeke. Ramondre, on the other hand, went six for 64 on six targets. So very efficient, uh, making making plays as, as he's been known to do. And the the rest of all of this is, is, you know, it's interesting because so many guys had so many targets and I, I don't know who to put where I, I still think Juju can have a nice season. They get him going a little bit, but I really think the true buy here is Ramondre. Uh, and as much as I hate to add someone like Hunter Henry, or I do like Mike Kosecki, but I, I think both of those guys could have really nice value for the, for the price. So there's your AFC East. We'll move into the NFC East quickly. Uh, we'll start with the Commanders. Sam Howell was, I guess, kind of what we would expect. The offensive line did not play very well, but Sam also held onto the ball for too long. It's taken, what was it, six sacks? That's that's not ideal. Uh, we, we, need to, we need to be getting the ball out of our hands, especially when you have the trio of wide receivers in Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel, uh, especially having... Brian Robinson there those guys all give you 
very, very easy options to get the ball out of your hands quick. But when you're constantly pressured like that from a very not good Arizona team, yeah, you, you guys got to figure it out. So commanders are interesting. Uh, Brian Robinson, firmly RB1. I, I thought I thought we would see a lot more Antonio Gibson, not to say that he was going, that, that Robinson wasn't the, the lead back here. But I really thought Antonio Gibson was going to get more work. And the commanders made it very clear whose backfield it is. Uh, outtouched something like 20 to 4. That that proves your point. That, that makes it very obvious. Uh, the wide receivers, I mean, I, I like all of them. Honestly, I've been a Curtis Samuel guy forever. Uh, he went five catches for 54 on five. That's about Curtis Samuel as you can get. He's a nice flex. Uh, not really ever somebody that you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to start Curtis Samuel over Mike Evans. That that sentence will never be said. But Curtis Samuel is a really nice fill-in, especially if you're dealing with injuries. He's very cheap, and he just kind of always is there. and He's going to score enough points. Jahan Dotson, second on the team in targets uh, after, after right behind Logan Thomas. Didn't do a lot with him. But we'll take the five for forty as a as a starting point. We like the target share. We'll continue to to thrive on that. And Terry McLaurin, you know, I, I, he'd been kind of back and forth dealing with some injury, but we'll take the four targets. Uh, you know, two catches for thirty yards. We like the average there, but it, it it needs to be it needs to be better. We'll get better. We'll get there. He needs to get just get healthy. Uh, in the meantime, I I think realistically you can make a case to buy all three of those guys. And Logan Thomas may be one of the better tight end ads. I think his consistency uh, throughout, if he's healthy, he's going to be a part of that offense. As much as I'd love for it to just be the wide receivers and and Brian Robinson, I think because of the role that Curtis Samuel can play to kind of remove the running back targets there, it's going to end up being Logan Thomas that picks up some of that underneath and intermediate stuff because you'll see Curtis Samuel catching a lot of the underneath stuff, a lot of the backfield stuff as far as the passing game is concerned. So I do I do like um, that offense as just kind of like a an inexpensive buy where you're just going to get a little – you're not going to go crazy. You're not going to win your leagues by adding these guys, but they're going to get the job done for you. Cowboys, Dak was mediocre. I mean, not even mediocre. He was He was pretty bad. But he didn't need to do anything. The game was over before it, I mean, for one of the first few plays of the game. It, it just, it, this one is, is tough to really judge Dallas on anything. The defense is unbelievable. Um, And if you're concerned that that may hurt the upside of the passing attack, I don't think we're going to get this as consistently. This was a a more of an outlier game. They proved a point. The, the doubters, all of the Eagles fans, everybody, they're they're for real. I, I know that it's the Cowboys and they haven't done anything since like 93, but this defense is scary and we haven't even seen what the offense can do yet. With that being said, Tony Pollard was exactly how I would like to see Tony Pollard all year. You get him 15 to 18 touches you let him be efficient. You keep his legs fresh. You spell him with Deuce Vaughn and, and, and Rico Dowdle. Cavante Turpin got some looks. Vulture to touchdown. I think I think that's exactly how this offense needs to be to be run. I think we let Dak do his thing, and 
we we let C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks. Hopefully, we see more Michael Gallup. Uh, we see those guys just go crazy as needed. But I think the big one here for me, and, and obviously it was the type of game where some of that stuff was just the underneath routes were more necessary. But Jake Ferguson, I, I think we could be in for a sizable tight end breakout here with him. I, I know that they they add a rookie fairly early. Uh, you know, Dalton Schultz leaves, but seven targets, doubling C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks. Essentially, they had eight combined. Uh, the, the, yeah, I, I think he's due for a breakout, and and I, I it's cons- been a consistent thing for Dallas for however long that they've had the tight end be relevant, and I don't think this is going to be any different. So I think Ferguson is going to be a really nice add. Um, I'm not going to go crazy on spending for him, but I, I do really think that that he's going to provide some nice tight end value for you in your leagues. Uh, Eagles hurts back to earth. Oh, but the weather. Again, I said it before, Mac Jones figured it out. Why Why are we giving one of these guys the leeway and not the other? It was because everybody's fell too far in love with Jalen Hurts and there was no possible way he could have regressed. No, none whatsoever. And I'm not saying this is a sign of things to come. I'm saying the guy we saw last year was absolute ceiling. And and the the passing game I think was was the most obvious part of what was most definitely due to regress. He was impossibly good last year through the air, and it was still it was still not on a level of any of the elite passers. So him being just a normal guy, I mean, I think we're gonna probably come to expect that like 180 to 225 yards through the air maybe a touchdown and a half on average and we're really chasing the yards on the ground I mean that that is the upside of him because yeah he has the great weapons but he isn't an amazing passer it's just unfortunate fact (laughs) he's just not a great passer but uh, he's gonna get it done he's gonna continue to score fantasy points he's still gonna be a top three quarterback uh, almost regardless uh, unless this stays up, then then maybe we we start talking about moving him down a touch. But I, I'm not I'm not panic moving Jalen Hurts by any means, any stretch of the imagination. Still going to be too good. Still going to have so much rushing floor that it, you got to keep him there. Gainwell uh, is your clear lead back. I thought for sure we would see more DeAndre Swift. Uh, I'm curious if there isn't something uh, lingering that we aren't fully aware of, uh, or maybe he's just not up to up to par in the offense I, I guess that's possible too but I feel like he's been there long enough where that shouldn't have been a problem and only getting two touches that's tough so not panicking on Swift either I still think he can be relevant but I also don't love that early usage and and how this backfield is especially with Hertz more than likely vulturing all of the touchdowns uh, or at least the majority of them and then you look at the pass catchers. Obviously, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are, are world beaters. They're going to continue to to kill defenses left and right, one of the premier duos in the whole league. Um, the bad one for me was, again, Dallas Goddard. <clears throat> we, we want we to have him. We want to have nice things. But stuff like this is why we can't. There was... It, it was not expected from my point of view. I figured with the weather, he would have been leaned on. 
Instead, they just got the ball into their playmaker's hands, and Dallas Goddard didn't exist. So, yeah, that that's an, that's an interesting one, but I don't know. Not, not panicking off of a, a one bad game to start the season. I think he'll be fine. He's still going to – he'll bounce back. The Giants, I, my notes – because I, I did write all of this out and I'm just trying to say it and give a little bit of context, but I did write all of this out the way that I used to write it out by just trying to get quick blurbs, quick hits, and move on to the next thing. The Giants, my note, it just is all caps, L-O-L. I mean, who could have seen this coming? Thank goodness they paid that man Daniel Jones, though. Yep, uh-huh. Um, bad offensive line, sure, but... Daniel Jones is not a franchise quarterback. He was not worth that contract. And I will continue to be laughing my way all the way to the bank when this blows up in their face all season. Now, I'm sure they'll bounce back. Uh, but, And I would say that this is going to be an overreaction from me, but it's not an overreaction because I've been saying this from the start. He is not good, and that team is very bad. Saquon will be fine. I'm not concerned about that. He's still going to do what he needs to do. And I think maybe Waller could be added to a, a short-term buy list uh, just because we've seen Waller dominate at the position and they really have no other weapons outside of outside of those two. So if you're chasing the tight end position, Waller could be a nice cheap add uh, for some a, a big-time swing, potentially. We'll move into the AFC North. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, uh, relax, yeah, Burrow missed camp. Okay, he missed basically the preseason. It wasn't going to be good unless Joe Burrow was in fact Jesus, which we were approaching at one point. I think I think people started maybe thinking he was. I'm buying everything here. I'll buy Joey if if everyone's concerned that all of a sudden he's bad now. He's not bad. He missed the whole off season. Okay, uh, buying Joe Mixon because he's still a lead back in an elite offense, and that's going to lead to points. Buying T. Higgins, buying Jamar Chase. Heck, I'll even buy Tyler Boyd if I have to. And I'm really buying Irv Smith because we all know how much I love tight ends. I just love Irv Smith. That's that's all my love I have. No fear here. It it it's gonna probably take another week even. Next week, when next week also sucks, you're really gonna be able to buy. So go cash in. Go buy all of the Bengals because they'll return to form. It just takes a second when your quarterback misses all that time. We go to Cleveland for the Browns. Nick Chubb is, without a shadow of a doubt, the best running back in the National Football League. Not RB1 in Dynasty, RB1 NFL. He is unbelievable. I I don't even know how to put his, his game into words because I was one of those guys, especially early on, that was like a Nick Chubb is, is the best pure runner. He's just the best running back. It has nothing to do with what he does between the tackles. It's his whole game. He's better than everyone. Jerome Ford getting all of those touches was a little weird, but also the game was in hand, so it didn't really matter. Nick Chubb, 18 for 106, and the best part was seeing him get a few targets. I think that will continue to be the case. You don't have Kareem Hunt there anymore, and you're going to lean on on your big wide receivers, and they did. Elijah Moore and Mari Cooper each had seven targets. It wasn't really a high-volume passing game, but 
the the guys that, that need to get the football are getting the football. David Njoku had three targets, he caught two of them. Chubb had four, and that was pretty much it. Your big four are going to be involved. I think DPJ has a chance to maybe get involved as well, depending on how this team works. But if that defense plays how they played this week, and you get Jamar Chase calling people fairies or whatever he called, whatever he called them. Um, yeah, I, I think this team is is potentially going to be okay. I, I thought that they were just going to have another season of mediocrity, but here we are. I'm buying Elijah Moore, buying Amari Cooper, buying David Njoku, buying Nick Chubb, and I think Deshaun Watson's going to be okay. I think we may see the return of the rushing floor, and it, it he could be on par with Jalen Hurts, but I think Deshaun Watson is a better passer than Jalen Hurts. So maybe in a few weeks we're having the conversation of, hey, how did Deshaun Watson get ahead of Jalen Hurts in everybody's dynasty rankings? Because it's very possible to happen. I mean, he he's a better quarterback. Hurts is a better athlete and runner. But I think they can score similar amounts of fantasy points. I mean, we've seen Watson do it before, and this is a better team than he's ever had. So obviously no DeAndre Hopkins is a little bit different, but when you have Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, you're going to score. We move into Baltimore for the Ravens. Uh, Lamar doing Lamar things, another frustrating effort uh, from from the quarterback. As much as we, we hope for Lamar to return to that MVP season and the just absolutely explode for those fantasy points in the passing offense, Again, he's going to fall into this category of maybe he's just really not that great of a passer and we're chasing his rushing floor, which is kind of the nature of the beast at this point. If you can get that rushing floor, you'll take whatever passing output you can get. Um, again, not high volume, but the game was in hand after you know midway through the third quarter. So it's it's a little bit frustrating uh, as a as a Lamar fan as a Lamar you know owner in Dynasty that, that 20, 20 attempts isn't going to get it done. But that being said, holy Zay Flowers! I'm I'm glad I moved off of my my Zay Flowers is is just another guy shtick. Uh, you know, very early post draft because watching him through camp, hearing the hype. And actually paying attention, this kid could be, he could be special. He's currently in that speed slot role, which I dislike, but we saw him thrive on the outside as a deep weapon. So if we're if if they're doing this to build his his underneath stuff, if they're doing this to build his slot role, and they can find a way to add some intermediate stuff. He could end up being a real threat on all three levels and and leading this team, not only targets, yards, touchdowns, but we could see a wide receiver one type season, not overall, but top 12, make that very clear. We could see him up in that top 12. I would say 15 to 18 is more realistic, but if he's going to continue to be Lamar's target and he's going to get between eight and 10 a game, I don't care if he's playing speed slot because he, he could, he can do it. Uh, it was nice to see Odell out there. Nice to see Bateman out there. Uh, the unfortunate news about Dobbins. Um, unfortunately, that's probably it for him. And sure, you can go get Gus Edwards. You could go get Justice Hill. I think this opens up a window where it's a non-zero chance that Jonathan Taylor may come to town. Because if you put Jonathan Taylor with Lamar Jackson, 
and you have this wide receiver room plus Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely, yeah, that's a scary offense. That is a very scary offense. Okay, we jump to Pittsburgh. Um, just an, uh, an absolute hodgepodge of wide receivers, pass catchers. Um, I don't know what to make of that. It was nice to see the fact that Allen Robinson still exists. And he did lead the team in targets, but you also have George Pickens with seven, and that's promising. And then you go to Deontay Johnson, uh, Calvin Austin, and Jalen Warren all with six, Connor Hayward with four, and Patty French Fries with four. That one was a little bit tough for me to to digest. I, I figured he would absolutely be leading the team in targets, but... They leaned on their wide receivers, and I got to tell you, that's kind of a crazy group. You, you, you know, George Pickens is going to do George Pickens things if they use him how he needs to be used, but he kind of played an odd role. And, you know, Calvin Austin could be a, a fun little Tavon Austin type weapon. And then Deontay Johnson and A Rob are, are, I mean, they can work pretty much anywhere. It would be nice to see A Rob and Pickens on the outside, or Deontay and Pickens on the outside with one of Robinson and jo- or Johnson in the middle playing the slot. And then you have Pat Fryermuth who can do whatever. Um, there's there's a lot going on, and, and surprisingly, you know, a, a decent number of actual receptions, all things considered, because Kenny Pickett's not good. Uh, definitely selling Kenny Pickett if there are any interested buyers. Also, probably selling the backfield. I know there was a lot of hype about Jalen Warren. Uh, I still thought Najee could maybe do enough because of carry volume, and I know this game was different. Game script matters. But the way the whole offseason went, all of the news we've heard about them implementing Jalen Warren, and now we see this, I mean, it's really hard to look the other way. It's it's probably going to be a nasty split backfield and not a lot of value because I think Pittsburgh's a lot worse than people really want to believe that they are, mostly because of their quarterback. So Pittsburgh's an interesting one. Um, I'm buying Pickens right now. Uh, I think Deontay will be fine, but I don't know that he's necessarily a big buy just because of his past. He'll carry some value. A-Rob, I mean, unless you're getting him for very, very cheap, I'm, I'm probably out on and the lack of production might open up a window to buy Pat Fryermuth. So keep your eyes out there. We'll hop into the NFC North for Chicago. Start there. The Bears, um, they looked okay. I, I think Fields was was fine. I think uh, we're getting a, a little bit more of a an actual passing floor out of him, where last year we didn't know if he was going to throw for 70 or 270. This, this looked more realistic. This looked more doable, consistent, potentially uh still is taking too many sacks losing too many yards there uh we can't be getting sacked four times when you can move like that uh that that's that's probably my biggest concern i had a little bit of concern about the throwing motion but it almost looked like he reverted back to what we were seeing in college and i didn't see that hitch in his in his motion which is weird but uh i'm cool with kind of how this is now Fields is gonna again gonna have that high rushing floor. We're gonna be getting like a, a sixty yard floor, if you will. So this game for him, as far as I'm concerned, was probably a floor game. He still scored a halfway decent number of points. We like to see him get in the end zone, but 
we'll take what we can get at this stage. The backfield, uh, I, I think we're chasing we're 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 chasing the past game usage. Uh, Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, those guys had twelve targets out of the backfield to, combined. Uh, I don't know that that'll necessarily change, but I do hope that they get DJ Moore uh, involved a lot more. Again, I know new to the team, but at this point, he should have been implemented more. Uh, it was nice to see Darnell Mooney get some love, catch a touchdown, lead the team in targets, along with Cole Komet and Rashawn Johnson. So, you know, Mooney, Komet, DJ Moore, uh, I, I think are all on uh, in a good spot. I think all could be can be had for a, not overly expensive amounts, and all are probably startable. I know this is a tough one for to start at the year for DJ, but he'll get there. I mean, the points are in there. We've seen it. The running backs are a weird one for me. Uh, I'm not in love with any of them and with no real rushing floor. And I don't know how consistent this is going to be if, you know, through the air, especially once DJ Moore takes that, that role. It's going to be tough. I think these points might be a little more difficult to come by. And I know how much people love Rashawn Johnson. He looked fun. He, he had a good game. Clear Herbert has been there. They had to Foreman. Um, yeah, I'm probably just passing on on these running backs, and I'm also passing on Chase Claypool. Unfortunately, I I, I think he's just he's just not that guy. Uh, I, I don't know that he's ever been that guy, and what we see now is, I mean, it's just I, I don't know if the ability was ever really there. So, moving to Detroit, crazy Thursday game. You knock off the the Kansas City Chiefs. And Goff looked decent. I, I think he's a nice QB2, a low-end QB2. Obviously, uh, people thought he was pretty much done when he left McVay in L.A. He he can play, man. People want to play for Dan Campbell. You guys are grinding. I mean, he was he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. So you tell me. I, I'm, I'm on board with bringing in Goff. I'm on board with adding him. I'm on board with maybe even overpaying a little bit to get him because I think he's got a nice floor. I think he has a pretty limited ceiling, but a high floor, low ceiling guy is just going to lock you in points. And I'm cool with that. David Montgomery dominated the between the tackles touches. And in a game like this, I think that's always going to be the case where they're just trying to eat clock, keep Mahomes off the field, do what they can to you know, keep getting first downs. But much like the the Jets situation, comparing it to to the Adrian Peterson Chester Taylor type bit, I mean you've got a Ferrari in the garage. You can't you, you can't take it out all the time, but you should probably use it more than you do, right? So I think Jameer Gibbs is gonna be just fine. I think they're gonna bring him along slowly, make sure uh, everything is what it should be. I think we'll really start to see him involved in the passing game. I don't know that he'll really get a ton of touches uh, between the tackles this year, but if we can get him into that, you know, twelve or so touch range, he's—I mean—he's going to be scoring fantasy points left and right because he's—he's going to do it. I, I hope. I hope this is not another cursed Lions running back, and this is finally the one that does it, that breaks the streak. So. Prove me wrong for disliking you early, Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> um, and then wide receivers, uh, uh, ARSB. I mean, he's he's going to be that guy. Keep moving up, up in your rankings. He's not high enough. I'm telling you. 
keep hating on on, on Jared Goff. Amon Ra is gonna gonna beat you. And Josh Reynolds, we've seen him produce in the past too. He, he's moved into the wide receiver two role here. Uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding Marvin Jones, but with Jamison Williams out uh, on the gambling suspension, it's it's Reynolds' time. And and I still think even when Jamison Williams comes back, only one of Jones and Reynolds is going to do it. And Marvin Jones is great for that wide receiver room, but he's getting a little older. I think I think it's I think you have the the three headed wide receiver group with Amon Ra with Jamison Williams and Josh Reynolds. And then obviously, uh, we also see Sam Laporta coming in with five targets. Very, very, very good early sign. Uh, that's exactly what we want out of our young tight ends, to see them producing now. I know historically speaking, definitely a few years ago, we weren't worried about the, the tight ends coming in and not producing. But now when they come in and they do, you have to prop them up. We, we, have, to, we have to move Laporta up those ranks and... If, if people are still gun-shy about it, buy. Go buy wherever you can. They're using him like this because, A, they drafted him high enough, too. And, B, he's he's good. He, he's a good player. He was arguably the highest-rated tight end in, in the, the class, and it was a good tight end class. Not, not necessarily elite in any sense, but there were some good tight ends in this class, and he was arguably the best of them. So add yourself some Sam Laporta if you can. Uh, ARSB again, still not high enough. He's a buy as well. We'll move to green Bay for the Packers. Uh, the Jordan love thing was going to go one of two ways. He was either going to be the second coming of Aaron Rodgers, or it was going to be a complete disaster. And we were going to see all that we've seen so far. Jordan love was good. He was efficient. Um, but it was, you know, completing only like 50% of your passes isn't the best thing in the world, but he did a lot with what he did complete. And take it with a grain of salt, it was the Bears. But we don't get to pick and choose who these teams play. When you go out there and you throw for 250 and three touchdowns, and what else are you supposed to do? That That is all they asked you to do. I would like to see him do some more with his legs, but I, you know, kind of like Aaron Rodgers later in his career as it's gotten, he stopped really doing it. That wasn't part of the game, so... Uh, I, I think there's there's a not real ton of upside there with, with Jordan Love, but I do think he's going to be just fine as a pocket passer. Looking at the backfield, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, two guys who I, I think definitely can score enough points to both be relevant, uh, both involved in not only the backfield but the passing game, getting targets. Obviously, again, without Christian Watson this week, so it was kind of a hodgepodge of who's getting what. But then you go right back to what we just talked about in Sam Laporta in Detroit. We're looking at Luke Musgrave in Green Bay. Similar type game, three catches, 50 yards on four targets. Uh, Jaden Reed and, and Romeo Dobbs both you know, had, had a role. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, uh, Samari Toure. It's kind of all over the board right now. Christian Watson is going to dominate touches when he gets back. But again, you see a young tight end, a rookie tight end coming in and playing a role and being good in that role. This this is going to be, an, I think, another one of these tight ends that may make a difference. Maybe not elite, but he, he's going to be in that tight end, you know, that top 12 tight end conversation, I would say, by midseason, if not if not by, you know, week six. It's 
there's there's a chance it's very easy to move yourself up in the tight end ranks just because the off the the whole position is so volatile that you can move up rapidly uh wide receivers again it's just Chris, christian watson i'm not i'm not chasing any of these other guys i'd like to see Jaden reed do some things he's kind of more of a stash type type player dontavian wicks uh again kind of more of a stash type player he, he only ran a few routes got a couple of targets but unfortunately didn't do anything with them and I'm still adding A.J. Dillon everywhere. Um, I, I still think he can be a, a great back in the, in the league. We move to Minnesota. Uh, Kirk, fantasy Kirk, man, he's going to score you your points. I know he turned the ball over about 160 times, but he, he's always going to get you your points. That's one thing we can rely on Kirk for, especially when you have these weapons that he has now. But going, going almost exactly 75%, uh, through the air and throwing for 350 and two and he did only get sacked a couple of times but i think he was pressured something like 15 times we can't be doing that minnesota offensive line figure it out i know they've they've got a couple of bumps and bruises up and down the line but holy hell that dude that dude had about a half a second to throw on every play and then you still managed to throw for 350 on on 75 percent completion I, I I know you guys love to hate him, but he's he's been he's pretty darn good. You know who isn't good though is Alexander Madison. I'm gonna continue to say it. I'm gonna say it over and over and over again. Uh, he is not Dalvin Cook. He's not even Dalvin Cook's shadow. Uh, he is an overdrafted bum. He has not been good in three years, and even when he was quote unquote good, he was wildly mediocre and just had nice numbers because he was spelling Dalvin Cook and had very minimal usage. We got to cool it on Alexander Madison. Oh, but he scored a touchdown. Yeah, cool. He had three catches for 10 yards, and he had, what, 11 carries for 34 yards. Oh, but you said the offensive line was bad. Yeah, that's great. But he actually found space and did nothing with it. He found lanes and did nothing with it. it it's an Alexander Madison thing. It's not an offensive line thing. And these wide receivers, uh, you're never going to be able to afford Justin Jefferson uh, you can try, but you can afford Jordan Addison. I would even I, go as far as to say adding KJ Osborne is not going to be a bad idea. My main target in this whole offense, though, if you can't find yourself into a Jordan Addison share, is TJ Hawkinson. Nine targets, eight catches, 35 yards. Uh, he is going to be in the race for tight end one this season. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. They can find the end zone, and he keeps doing this. He's going to be in that conversation. And a sneaky, you know, Josh Oliver, if something were to happen to TJ, God forbid. But they brought in Josh Oliver. They love what he can do uh, all around, actually. Josh Oliver could be relevant very quickly if, again, God forbid something happens to TJ Hawkinson. But Josh Oliver could be in, in line for a huge, huge, huge game. All right, before we move into the second half, we need to hear a quick message from our friends at game time. One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending live events. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person. It is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress and trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats and that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy and 
theatre near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets, start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. Game Time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use the code RODOVIS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code RODOVIS for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's right. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code RODOVIS for $20 off your very first purchase. Thank you, Game Time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we'll hop into the AFC South. Uh, try to pick up the pace a little bit here. We are only halfway in and 45 minutes in. That's not good. Indianapolis, Anthony Richardson about to skyrocket. Hold on to your butts. He's going to be in the top five quarterback conversation. Uh, I know that the numbers weren't like God, like Gotti numbers, but he he's him. We he's confirming all of the things we hoped and dreamed. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this kid in the league for a really long time. Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, I think both are nice buys. I think both are going to produce. And then whatever a Kylan Granson is, who knew who that guy was? But Mo Ali Cox, irrelevant. I know they had an injury to one of their other tight ends, but he shows up, throws up a couple of catches, and maybe tight end is relevant here as well. It's it's a rich Pittman and Downs for me. We'll see if Taylor comes back. If he does, great. Not interested in Deion Jackson. Don't think he's relevant. Um, but the targets don't lie. We'll take Pittman, Downs, and Granson, I suppose. The Jags, T-Law, doing T-Law things. No no crazy, again, no no crazy numbers, but efficient. A couple of touchdowns. Uh, using his legs a tiny, tiny bit. Uh, I think we'll see more of that with, with time. Travis Etienne doing exactly what I had hoped. Obviously, the yards would be, you know, more yards would be nice, but we'll take, we'll take the touches. We'll take the touchdown. I hate you, Tank Bigsby, for vulturing another one, or all one, but that's kind of what we had planned on for Tank Bigsby. So it is what it is. Calvin Ridley, who would have thought? Uh, it's unfortunate that he's 46 years old because he could have a significant amount of dynasty value, but he, yeah, he's just a, another 
a nice veteran buy if you're interested in that. Zay Jones is going to provide some value. Uh, Evan Ingram is going to be a tight end one, you know, probably in that six to eight range. We we've already seen it. Travis Etienne gonna be used in the backfield as well, or not in the backfield, but in the passing game as well. He's an all around back. He's gonna he's gonna be used as such. The unfortunate news hit him with the the R.I.P. Christian Kirk. Uh, it was nice knowing you. Confirmation of that contract being horrible. Because now you're the fifth option. I know, I know. Oh, but it's A. Jones. He's the fifth option. <laughs> it's Ridley. It's ETN. It's Ingram. It's Jones. You can pick whatever order you want to put him in. Christian Kirk is not in the top four. He is fifth and locked as fifth. It'd be nice to see him more involved, but I, I just I don't see the real value there. Uh, hopping into Houston, the Texans, CJ Stroud, fine debut. Uh, I, I had concerns, especially against Baltimore, of it being bad, you know, take, taking a, a few too many sacks for uh, a horrendous number of yards lost. But we'll take the efficiency as a passer. Didn't find the end zone, which is unfortunate, but he'll get there. It's a good start. It's, it's a good thing to build off of, not doing anything there. Uh, backfield, I mean, as predicted, Damian Pierce is – I mean, he's going to get enough touches to score some fantasy points, but it's, it was the beginning of the end. Uh, Devin Singletary is is going to just end up killing all of his value, all of his upside, uh, because I think Devin Singletary is a better back. I know he's older, but he he's he is overall just a better running back, in in my opinion. We'll still see Damian Pierce. He'll still get his looks. He'll still get his love. But um, that t- the time is clicking, ticking on that talk clock. How am I? Th- how am I doing? Uh, Nico Collins, balling, absolutely balling. Robert Woods, the old man, getting the targets, trying to ball, pretty old. Love seeing Tank Dell up there. Uh, would love to have moved some of those Robert Woods targets uh, off of off of Woods to Tank. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when John Mechie, if John Mechie makes his way back to the football field. I think he's going to play a role here. Uh, it would be it, it would be fun to see it be a, a Nico Collins, John Mechie, Tank Dell trio. I still think you keep Dalton Schultz involved a little more than what he was. Uh, Noah Brown, that you know that that big that red zone type threat. Uh, I think he probably plays a little bit more of like a tight end or a big slot type role. Um, but I, I do think I do think Nico Collins is genuinely the wide receiver one here. And that he might be the cheapest wide receiver one on a team in the entire league outside of maybe the best segue ever, the Tennessee Titans. We jump into Tennessee. DeAndre Hopkins alive and well, apparently. Returning to Houston target hog form with absolutely horrendous quarterback play. 13 targets for that young man. Let's go seven for 65. Because when Ryan Tannehill's your quarterback, it's really hard to do more than that. Uh, I don't see Tannehill lasting more than a month. He is so very bad, and I get that Malik Willis probably isn't an upgrade, and I know that Will Levis isn't, but you cannot keep this guy in the game if that's what's going to be happening. It affected the whole offense. Henry couldn't do Derrick Henry things. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Uh, unfortunate, you know, Traylon Burke's not super involved. Uh, Nick Westbrook was wide receiver two, and it was not really all that close. It seemed very obvious. 
Ty J Spears, they tried to get involved a little bit more. Uh, he's kind of a fun, explosive guy. I don't see a lot of value there, though. Um, he's just going to be kind of a, a a random a random thing. Uh, and, I mean, overall, I, I think if I can get DeAndre Hopkins for nothing, I, I'm obviously taking him. And I love Traylon Burks, but this team is set up for absolute failure for, I mean, three or four years. You overdraft Will Levis. You you drafted uh, Malik Willis the year prior. Neither are a quarterback option based on what we've seen. And that's unfortunate because this team is, is built around Derrick Henry and nobody's buying Derrick Henry. There's no passing game whatsoever. This is a tough look. So I'm passing on the Titans. It is what it is. But um, again, unless I can get the Andre Hopkins for free. All right, let's jump to the NFC South. Uh, Nathan's not here to defend himself. I did in the bold predictions, bold predictions show say the Bucks would win the NFC South. They come out and beat a definitely better Minnesota Vikings team. Uh, Baker wasn't good, but he got the job done. Didn't only took one sack, got a couple of touchdowns, didn't throw any interceptions. Uh, I think he's going to do just enough to not lose that job to Kyle Trask. And he's going to do just enough to keep Mike Evans in town and Chris Godwin relevant. I I think you can start all three of those guys, which is crazy to say, but I think you actually can. I think they're going to do just enough to be relevant. They may be frustrating because they're just going to be like a floor play at all times now, and there's really no ceiling, but I think you can start them all. Uh, The backfield's a tough situation. I know people love Rashad White. Uh, I think he's got some good upside. But, man, it, it just does not look promising in that backfield. Uh, I mean, I know Sean Tucker only had a few carries, but I thought he looked better on the few carries that he had. Uh, Evans and Godwin, I think, are honestly going to be just fine. It, it's it's a floor play at this stage. And, I mean, Godwin's still young enough where you probably can have him for a few years. Baker, if you can have Baker as your QB3 on your squad, I'm in. I love that. Uh, probably fading the backfield again. I know everybody loves Rashad White. I just I don't think I don't think we're ever gonna get that guy. I think he's gonna be fine, but I don't think he's gonna be great. And I know there was a lot of great expectations. So uh, we'll, we'll see with the Bucks. I think that's a TBD as far as I'm concerned. The Atlanta Falcons. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I know you bring in Bichon, but. I hate to say I told you so, but this is going to be a very boring team. Get used to it. I, I I don't want the the Arthur Smith offense to be boring like this, but it is. And I don't want Tyler Algier to completely destroy Bijan, but he's going to. This team is is just so awkward. They're boring. They're slow. They have no passing attack whatsoever. Des Ritter goes 15 of 18 for 115 and 1. If you're chasing passing output in this offense, you may need a lobotomy. The The running game is going to be there. The volume should hopefully increase. This game was, was just an awkward, bad, slow game. Uh, Kyle Pitts. I know all of you Kyle Pitts fanboys are have been jumping down my throat for a couple of years, but... This the volume's just not there, guys. I'm sorry. He he's he's not he's not in like 
he's not that guy, apparently. I thought he was too. I was cool with him being 101 in his class, which also turned out to be wrong. But he's not that guy. Uh, Tyler Algier may, in fact, be that guy, though, because they continue to love using him. Drake London. Yikes. Um, I'm not panic selling yet, but I'm certainly concerned. Uh, Not a great start. Again, only throwing 18 passes is bad, especially when you have a wide receiver that probably requires real volume and can't just do, can't go for 120 on four catches like some of these other guys. Drake London needs needs volume. This pass on the Falcons. I'll take Bijan, but pass. Uh, Panthers, tough-ish start for Bryce again. That team's not exactly built for success right now, uh, but it was still kind of a tough look. I, I think um, between he and C.J. Stroud, he definitely was not the better quarterback. I think it was obvious that Stroud looked much better, much stronger. Um, and Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta's no pushover, but they certainly aren't one of the more stout defenses in the league. Uh, Sanders locked in. Miles Sanders locked in RB1. I think Chuba Hubbard is going to have a role there because he has proven to the Carolina Panthers that he can be the guy, but you don't go get Miles Sanders and bring him in and then not give him the lion's share of the work. Excited for the passing game usage. Excited to see him get you know 15 to 18 carries. Hopefully we can start finding the end zone. Uh, Hayden Hurst lives, man. I, I don't know how this guy keeps showing up time and time again, but again, another nice, cheap, tight end asset that's going to be startable for you uh, and We'll see how long that lasts, but short-term, Hayden Hurst is a good tight end by Terrace Marshall, good to see him on the field. I think the connection with he and Bryce Young will get better. Uh, six targets, only bringing in two of those. That's not ideal, but it's similar with Jonathan Mingo, who had five and only also brought in two. Uh, LaVisca Chenault getting a little bit of looks. Adam Thielen, very quiet, very underwhelming. Again, old, slow. He's going to be your locker room leader. Uh, it, it's a fun group of young wide receivers. It's just going to take some time to get with Bryce Young and figure it all out. We'll hop to New Orleans for the Saints. Uh, Derek Carr doing Derek Carr things. It's just going to be another QB8, QB10, QB12 season for Derek Carr. Uh, again, I don't like to gloat and say I told you so, but that's just what he is. That's what he's all been his entire career. And now he's he's got more weapons. He's got Chris Olave. He's got Slant Boy, Michael Thomas. Uh, and who would have thought Rashid Shahid is going to show up and just be electric? This guy, that kid's fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, Derek's he's, he's got weapons right now. That backfield is an interesting spot. No Alvin Kamara means Jamal Williams is your very, very clear lead back. I don't think that changes until Kamara gets back. And even when he does, I think those two are going to be in for almost a full 50-50 split. Uh, because if, if last year was any evidence of what's to come, Kamara's probably on his last leg. Uh, not not a ton left in the tank. But that's his position. That's just what happens. Uh, I mean, Chris Olave, he's skyrocketing again. He's, he's with that elite group. Uh, Michael Thomas is going to be slant boy for you he, he's going to get he's going to get the targets he's going to get the catches the yards are going to be minimal but consistent we need him to find the end zone Derek Carr can support 
two low wide receiver one, high wide receiver twos, or Olave being like a mid wide receiver one and Thomas being like a mid wide receiver two. Derek Carr is going to throw the ball enough. He's going to be good enough to do it. Uh, I, I like having pieces of this offense. I like having a piece. Uh, Jamal Williams is going to be a nice, cheap add. If you need running back help, Jamal Williams is one of those guys that even when Kamara comes back, he's going to continue to do it. So keep keep that in mind as well. Uh, AFC West. We go to Denver. We had hoped for a resurgence of Russell Wilson. And that was almost Russ. It was almost Russ. You have you have to give there was little tiny shreds of old Russ in there. No, that didn't didn't throw any picks, which is good. But throwing it thirty four times and coming out with one hundred seventy yards is is not not quite the efficient Russ that that we all know and love. Uh, that that was a, you know still very much last year Russ. Uh, Javante Williams. Again, I think he's going to be just fine, but I do think Samaj P. Ryan is going to probably eat a lot of his upside and probably vulture most of those touchdowns. I also think Samaj P. Ryan is going to be used heavily in the passing game, especially when any one of these wide receivers is inevitably injured. Jerry Judy misses the game, Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims play. Cortland Sutton's probably due to miss a game in a few weeks. Well, then it'll be Mims, Judy, and P. Ryan again. And then, you know, hopefully Marvin Mims doesn't fit that mold, but when he misses a game, it'll be Judy, Sutton, and P. Ryan. Uh, you know, Greg Dulcich will be involved a little bit. Adam Troutman will be involved probably more. I know everybody loves Greg Dulcich, but Adam Troutman is, he is the starter. He is the guy. He's going to lead that, that, that group in targets. Um, still chasing Jerry Judy because I'm an idiot. That's going to be a forever thing. Marvin Mims is, is I think special finding his way in this offense, catching the game speed. He'll be there. Uh, we know that they like him. Wait, we've seen it in camp. We've seen it in the preseason. Sean Payton traded up to get him. Uh, he's going to be a part of this offense and these game plans, but they they need their full slate of weapons to make it work. Jerry Judy is a very important piece of that. So I, I like a lot of these pieces. I even really like Cortland Sutton, to be honest with you. Uh, I just need more efficiency. Um, the volume is fine, but we, we got to figure it out, Russ, okay? Uh, over back to LA for the Chargers. Actually, not back to LA. LA for the first time for the Chargers. We'll get back to LA here in a little while. Chargers, Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly. The, they might both re- be relevant. We might be looking at uh, an RB. You know, uh, I, I mean, Eckler's gonna be in the running for RB one overall. And I, I, Josh Kelly, if he keeps doing this and this team plays in this fashion. There's a world where we see an RB1 and an RB2 again on the same team. Um, this this was an interesting game, not one that I would have expected them to not be using Austin Eckler as much as humanly possible in, but they essentially split carries. Eckler and Kelly both had 16. Eckler was a little bit better with his, but they both scored. Uh, Justin Herbert got to use his legs and get in the end zone as well. Uh, the one big difference here is they didn't use Kelly in the passing game and Eckler was the, you know, the was second on the team in targets. So Eckler is again, if you're in contention mode and you don't have Eckler and he resides on a team, that's maybe a middle of the road team. You need to go get him. He's going to dominate. He's going to score a tons and tons and tons of points. But I also think Josh Kelly is going to be a sneaky ad. Uh, if you can pry him off of the, the Eckler owner who may be handcuffing him there, or go and find somebody that doesn't believe that this could be a thing. We've seen flashes of Josh Kelly in the past. 
he can do it. He can be that guy. Uh, the people who can't be that guy are Quentin Johnston, who I don't think is good, never thought was good. He's just like Mike Williams 1.5. I, I, I don't even think he's a 2.0 because he's half as good. Uh, Mike Williams, I hope we continue to see them use him in more than just 50-50 situations. I'd like to see him be able to run that full route tree that we saw a few years ago. Um, I want to love Gerald Everett, but Donald Parham and Gerald Everett are probably going to be on a full split. I really think this team is, is if you're chasing points, you need to go get Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. Other than that, you can get Josh Kelly for cheap, but Justin Herbert's really expensive. I, I don't know that there's really any clear buys here. If you like Quentin Johnston, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to pass on that, but I, I just, I don't see him being a success in the NFL. Unfortunately, we'll move to KC. Uh, they obviously, again, back to that Thursday game, very interesting game. Uh, no Travis Kelsey that changes the entire dynamic of that offense. However, you still have Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, it, it, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but again, it's Patrick Mahomes. This should have looked a little bit different. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, he lives, Split carries with Isaiah Pacheco, uh, and was better. And I don't, I don't know if that necessarily should be a shock to anybody. Uh, I've said it. I think I tweeted it actually at one point. Isaiah Pacheco is like one of those friction motor cars where when you pull it back and let it go, there's nothing in its way. It can run forever. The problem is it can't turn. So if there's something in its way, it's going to smash into it, and the wheels are just going to spin, 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 spin until it finally tips over and runs out of gas. Uh, I don't like either back. I don't think either back has tons and tons of actual upside. What they do have is Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs upside. So, again, grain of salt. I think they're going to score points, but i got to be honest with you. I don't necessarily want these guys on my squad. I also have no interest in Kadarius Tony or Sky Moore. Not only are neither of them wide receivers, they're, they're special teams players. <laughs> Uh, Kadarius Tony is just flat out bad. If you don't put a bow on the football and hand deliver it to him and glue it to his paws, I don't know what else to do with this guy. He's so inconsistent. He cannot run routes. He has no idea how to play wide receiver. You just hope to get his, the ball in his hands and he makes a play. It didn't happen. It won't happen. Nice two touches for zero yards. Big fan. Uh, Sky Moore, very frustrating, but again, not surprising to me. Uh, I, I've never really seen it with Sky Moore. I've definitely been more into what Rishi Rice brings. Uh, he catches one of the two touchdowns, leads the team in targets. I, I think Rishi with Travis Kelsey back is going to be a problem because he's going to get single coverage. Especially when you have somebody like MVS that can break it open on the outside. Justin Watson seems to be playing uh, a, a sizable role here. I think the backfield guys will probably be involved in the passing game. But I, I, I really do think it's Kelsey and then Rishi Rice as the top two targets. And those are targets you want. Because as a reminder, the quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. We move to Las Vegas for the Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo... Um, surprisingly okay we'll take 20 out of 26 for 200 that's the efficiency we were looking for from his counterpart from the the team he was playing against and russell wilson uh obviously turning the ball over not ideal but 
Didn't get brought down once. No sacks. Uh, offensive line holding up quite well. Josh Jacobs with a tough one. Uh, I, he's going to be just fine. We, we know what Josh Jacobs is. We know what he can do. We also know he missed a little bit of time uh, because of the contract stuff. So he'll be he'll be fine. I'm not worried about Josh Jacobs. If you can buy him for reasonable, uh, he's definitely on my buy list. Looking down the wide receiver stuff, uh, you know, Devontae is going to do Devontae things. He's getting older. He's only going to lose value, but on a contender, he's worth every cent. Jacoby Myers, uh, obviously in concussion protocol now, but with the defense focusing on Devontae Adams, one of these guys had to do it. And we saw Jacoby do it in New England. And I think he can be a really nice piece here for the Raiders. I think he can, I don't think he's going to lead the team in targets by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think he is wide receiver two. I think he is option three in the offense behind Devontae and Josh Jacobs. And hopefully he clears concussion protocol so he doesn't miss miss a game. But we also obviously want to be safe with that. The, the two touchdowns, you know, it's going to be an outlier game, but there's no reason to believe he can't hang with Devontae as far as production goes because of how the defenses are going to cover these guys. They're going to let Jacoby be in, in you know one-on-one type situations just so they can make sure Devontae Adams is doubled and Josh Jacobs has has you know his coverage uh, taken care of as well. So I think Jacoby's a nice sneaky add. Uh, Devontae's a tough one. I do still think Josh Jacobs is pretty gettable at this stage. Uh, and please, for the love of God, can we stop with the Zamir White stuff? All right. NFC West to close it out. Apologize for the length. It, it's definitely longer than I had hoped, but we'll keep it under. We'll keep it under, you know, an hour, uh, an hour and a half. <laughs> Arizona. Uh, honestly, there's a lot of guys I kind of want to add from from Arizona. I, I think there's a bunch of good holds. I think Hollywood Brown is a good hold. I think Rondell Moore is a good hold, and I think Trey McBride also is in that ballpark. Michael Wilson even. And you know why I think they're good holds? Because this team is very obviously getting Caleb Williams in 2024. And if that's the case, all of these guys' value is going to skyrocket. They have to find a new home for Kyler Murray, but there will be a taker in some capacity, hopefully somebody that has a step stool. These guys are going to be fun. Uh, I I still think Rondale is very, very undervalued. Uh, Hollywood Brown, and I know Nathan's not here, but he loves Hollywood Brown. I love Hollywood Brown. He can be a top dog in an NFL offense. And I would like to see Trey McBride start to take over a little bit. But Zach Ertz with the 10 targets, 6 for 21, like an absolute boss. Uh, probably a negative amount of yards after catch because I don't even think he can fall forward anymore. And I think it's always falling backwards. We move on to the 49ers. Brock Purdy, almost like he never left. What injury? Uh, all the haters, all the naysayers, the Trey Lance truthers, the Sam Darnold truthers apologize the kid the kid's the real deal uh, he he is uh obviously we again and this was part of it though he only has to be a game manager but when you have those weapons it's just free upside he doesn't need to be patrick mahomes he doesn't need to be josh allen or any of the premier quarterbacks he has christian mccaffrey george kittle brandon ayuk and debo samuel Four of like the scariest weapons in the league as far as a full group goes. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fully in on Brock Purdy. He comes back. He doesn't miss a, a beat. Unbelievable from this kid. And Christian McCaffrey, 
may just indeed be untouchable. I don't even know if you're allowed to tackle him anymore. He might be out there running around with the red practice jersey on, like he can't touch the quarterback. 22 for 152 and 1. Uh, he is right there with Nick Chubb for me as the best backs in the game. He brings so much to the table. He's so explosive. And he has not lost a step yet. In fact, you could argue he looks better than he ever did in Carolina right now. That could be scheme, but I think it might just be a McCaffrey thing. And who would have thought Brandon Ayuk very clearly wide receiver one? Eight for 129 and two. Yeah, probably an outlier. I'll give you that. But when you catch every target and you're long, is 23 yards and you go for 129 on those eight there's something special happening there we will take that Debo with a fine showing but again they are different players Debo is not an alpha wide receiver in this league he is he is like a tight end wide receiver running back hybrid human George Kittle will be just fine Uh, the targets will be there McCaffrey, we would like to see more usage in the passing game, but when you're doing that uh, in the backfield and your team is absolutely dominating, you really don't need to get these players injured. You don't need to be throwing them to the wolves. So buying on all fronts, give me everyone. Yeah, even Debo, sure, I'll take them. Maybe one more slow game so the price comes down a touch. The Rams, healthy Matt Stafford. Who would have thought, huh? Who would have thought we would get a healthy Matt Stafford and he would show up and look like how Matt Stafford used to look. 24-38, no sacks, no turnovers, no touchdowns, which stings a little bit. But again, game well in hand. Uh, the backfield, my goodness. Kyron Williams, Cam Akers, <laughs> combined had 37 carries. And combined had 80 yards. So, uh, yeah. That's a hard pass for me. Yeah, sure, they had three touchdowns. Uh, but anybody can score from a half a yard off the off the goal line. We need, we need to not be doing 37 for 80 and three anymore. I get that it's fun and that you're trying to win NFL games. But come on, McVay, let, let us have our fun. Passing game. Whatever the hell a 2-2 Pakua, Nakua, whatever that is, that combo, 23 combined targets, 16 combined catches, 238 receiving yards. Wow. Did not see that coming. I thought it was going to be the Van Jefferson show. You fooled me and you fooled me bad, Mr. McVay. Uh, 2-2, I, I mean, I was fully on board with he was way overdrafted. Uh, Puka, I know uh, people have loved. Uh, I think I think one of these two guys, even when Cooper Cup returns, is going to be a mainstay in this offense as long as Matt Stafford is healthy. They need to return to this type of form where they're throwing it a bunch. Now, it was a pretty balanced attack overall because they had 38 attempts of 48, 40 carries. Uh, that would have been on 41 dropbacks. So, you know, very, very even split. But I think we need to see them stop trying to force the run and just let Matt Stafford cook. You've got, very clearly, you've got weapons. Tyler Higby as well at, at tight end. Bryson Hopkins uh, could could be used. The running backs should be used more. But when you bring Cooper Cup back, 
Now you have Tutu, Puka, Van Jefferson. You've got some sneaky weapons, and I think these Rams got healthy, and I think they're going to make one more run at it. I think we see them make a real push to hang with the Niners in the NFC West, and it, it, it could be fun. And on the, on the opposing side, we finish with a matchup here. They go against the Seattle Seahawks. And boy, oh boy, the Rams may have single-handedly made Geno Smith regress a full year. Uh, that was not the Geno we saw last year. That was that was New York Jets Geno. That was practice squad backup quarterback Geno. Uh, the guy I remember last year may have, in fact, been a fluke. Not going to panic. Because I really, really, really need my DK Metcalf JSN shares to pay off. Uh, so please, Gino, I am begging you. Look at the backfield. K9, still the guy. Uh, not a ton of volume, which is unfortunate, but still dominated the looks. 12 carries to 3 carries for Zach Jarbonnet. Uh, and you add in another 5 targets uh, to 0 for the running back opposition dj dallas getting a little bit involved as well but i I don't think he's a real factor in this situation k9 might be a nice buy because of the zach jarbonnet addition he he could he could end up paying big dividends uh we just need to see a little bit more more volume but that's kind of a seattle thing they're not a they're not a big volume team uh i'm buying as much dk metcalf and jsn as i can uh, I, I hate to say that it's probably the end of Tyler Lockett, but it's probably the end of Tyler Lockett. I also think Will Disley could have a decent go at it. We just need Geno to return to 2022 form or whatever this last season. Okay, guys, we did it. <laughs> that was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, we're going to be just under an hour 20. I apologize for the length, but there's so much going on. There's so much written and I wanted to be able to do it, be here with you guys. Um, Nathan will be back hopefully next week. We'll be able to record Return to the Normal. But if you like this, if, if you want to see a little bit more of this, even if you want Nathan and I to do kind of a modified version of it where we cut it back and we do it together rather than just me being here talking to myself and talking to you the whole time. Um, I, I enjoyed doing this when I had the time to do it. Now the podcast is really the only time I have for this space, unfortunately. But if you like it, let us know. I, I would love to continue to do this. Uh, so yeah, again, let us know. Thank you for listening. Thank you to game time. Remember to use uh, promo code Rotoviz. That's R O T O V I Z. Once you create your account and you get $20 off of your very first purchase, we will see you all next week.